You're listening to Soho Radio Culture. SohoRadioLondon.com Radio on Soho Radio. I'm Emma Rose and I'm here as usual with... And I'm Selena Godden. Welcome to Roaring Twenties Radio. It's the July edition. And we are without Matt this month, which is sad, but we will have his poetry update as usual. Yeah, we're here. We're here in the studio, um, all girls together this uh, this month for this show, and we've got a very special guest. Gemma Rogers is in the house. Thank you very much for having me. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank Lovely you. to see you in the flesh, in real life. It's been a long time, but here it is. I knew the day would come. <laughs> Finally, it has. Thank you so much for having me, guys. Oh, it's gorgeous oh, to have pleasure. you here. Well, we're going to be chatting to Gemma. We're going to be having our usual roundup of poetry and books and art and culture and activism. But let's have a track and get everyone in the mood for a bit of Roaring Twenties Radio on Soho Radio.
with my friend. It was for freedom from myself and from the land. I made a lot of mistakes. 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 You came to take us. All things go. All things go to recreate us. All things grow. All things grow. We had a mindset. All things know. All things know. You had to find it. All things go. Sufjan Stevens, and you're listening to Roaring Twenties Radio on Soho Radio. Okay, so here in the studio we have live, in person, the award-winning musician and singer-songwriter and pop prophet Gemma Rogers. I've been reading through all of her Instagram posts and everything, and I thought pop prophet was such a gorgeous way to describe her work. So Gemma Rogers, um, I've known Gemma for a while. She's got a new single coming out. It's called Good Day, Bad Trip, and it shares the rhythmic impulse of Delta 5's You with the playground patter of the Slits instant hit. Doubles on perversity and makes absolute sense with an infectious chorus of summertime joy. Good Day, Bad Trip features the work of Alfie Jackson and Sean... Genocchi. <laughs> I keep saying Genocchi. And a mix from Lux Pyramid. Album sessions have been produced... Ha- oh, album sessions have produced too many songs to fit onto just one vinyl LP. So they've included an outtake, New World Order, which is a ukulele anthem, Magic Mushrooms, alternative realities alongside an instrumental of the a-side all three recordings are available to download free and at your pleasure at Gemma's Bandcab site welcome to Roaring Twenties Gemma wow thank you Selena what an intro uh, <laughs> feel a bit honest feel a bit overwhelmed uh, thank you I think some me. of my favorite gigs have been when we've been on a bill together how have you been how have you been finding lockdown I found it incredibly uh well for a start yeah those were some of my favorite gigs as well bring them back on when they when they can and as and when they can happen um I found it 
not as bad at the beginning. Actually, it gave me an opportunity to kind of write more and to I've finished the album. The album was written before lockdown. And then obviously, as we went into lockdown, it just meant that we couldn't kind of do the production and get the tracks over the line um, in person. So it was a lot of backing and forthing and Google docking which I've become incredibly accustomed to overly now. Now that's how we write and do everything. But uh, managed to sort of get things over the line that way. But, it, you know, it was, it was, it was it, there were moments of, of problematic sort of, uh, there, were element, there were problematic elements about it. You know, I think the creative process when you're collaborating is, is so much about the kind of back and forth. And I think that can really only happen with all the colours that it needs uh, when you're in the room with each other. So actually the sort of first couple of months really were just getting those tracks finished and mm. ready to be released, or at least, you know. Wonderful. So the, the first track we're going to play is New World Order. Yes. And can you tell our listeners a little bit about where that song came from and the writing process? And do you remember the day you wrote it for a start? The day I wrote it? God, that's an interesting... Yes, the day I wrote it was in my little sort of studio study so we, we were living in a um a guardianship for those who don't know what a guardianship is it's a kind of these companies come along they're sort of middlemen right middle women middle people middle companies <laughs> uh, uh in order to stop squatters right in order to sort of put people into buildings that are un, 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 otherwise um empty and we pay for the pleasure you know back in the day you might have just got in there for free but not anymore now you, you pay. Um, but it was a lovely, it was an old laundrette over in uh, Labrook Grove. And it was essentially one room, but they'd plasterboarded a few sections. So I had a study, but it wasn't. It was pretty much the bedroom. It just felt, you know, a little bit grand because it had a kind of a wall. <laughs> a wall that you could hear everything through. Pointless. Um, uh, more, more pigeon than, than room. But the... It was written on my ukulele um, because the, the the record label, the guys who I'm now signed to, sort of suggested that I, I write. So I normally write all my songs on the uke and then I take it to, um, you know, m musicians who are incredibly sort of gifted at piano or guitar or sort of to expand the track to make it kind of bigger. And so this was my first real kind of professional commission, as it were, to create something that would show that side of me. If I ever wanted to kind of get up and do a solo gig, it wouldn't come as much of a surprise um, for the promoters, you know, when I didn't come kind of full band to replicate the sound that was on the, the Spotify or the Bandcamp or the rest of them. It was a, an opportunity to kind of strip it back and to go, this is me rocking up as a kind of Chaz and Davis, uh, <laughs> you know, as, as you know, as as that as that as that part of of what I do. So yeah, it was. Uh, we thought it was quite important to show that side of um, of my music. Okay, well, should we have a little listen to it? I would love that. Okay, let, this is New World Order by Gemma Rogers. New day's dawning, grandpa snoring, last night's embers on TV. School bells ringing, ah uh -huh. children singing, ah uh -huh. songs forever on repeat. Doctor, doctor, help me please, I need a dose to set me free. Tune me to that frequency That's where you'll find me 
the leisure society with let me bring you down and and now because matt's not in the studio with us this month we have pre-recorded his roundup for this month his poetry roundup so i think that's what we're going to have now so please um brace yourself <laughs> and um enjoy a poetry roundup all the way from leeds from matt abbott Hello everybody, this is Matt Abbott's preview section. I'm pre-recording this from Leeds, because unfortunately I can't be in London this afternoon. But it didn't stop us over the last year or so, did it? So, I'm going to start off with my five events from the world of spoken word poetry. Uh, first up, I want to shout about Leeds Poetry Festival, which is coming to the wonderful city in West Yorkshire from the 20th to the 27th of July. This is the first ever Leeds Poetry Festival. Uh, it's going to take place mainly at Left Bank Leeds, which is a great independent venue uh, near Burley. It's got nights including spoken word and waffles. It's got a night of ambient poetry. It's got workshops. And performers include Otis Menser, Layla Jane King, Maria Ferguson, Sahima Manzur Khan, and a special live wire event being hosted by my record label Nims and Thugs, starring Kirsty Taylor and Simone Yasmin. So go to leedspoetryfestival.com if you want to get involved. If you are based up north, it's the first one and it's going to be great because Leeds has got a wonderful poetry scene. So it's nice to see it all showcased in one little festival. Um, also up north, I will give you a London one, I promise, but also up north is uh, Poet Slash Artist, which is a new exhibition at home. Uh, there's a venue called Home in Manchester, if you don't know it. Uh, this is part of a Manchester International Festival. It's on until the 21st of July. 
It's been curated by Hans Ulrich Obrist and Lem Sisse, and it's an exploration of poets who work with visual art and visual artists who work with poetry. It's an expansive exhibition of cultures, continents, languages and generations, blurring the lines of received opinion. Uh, it includes specially commissioned new work around the streets of Manchester, plus the main show at home, and it is free to attend. And artists range from poet Jay Bernard to Tracy Emin. So there's a wonderful range of poets and artists in there. Uh, so that's poet slash artist in Manchester. On tour at the moment is Lisa Lux with her show Eating the Copper Apple. So tomorrow night, it's at Bradford Lit Fest in West, West Yorkshire, but it's coming to London uh, next Friday and Saturday. So that's Friday the 9th and Saturday the 10th as part of Shubak Festival at Rich Mix. Um, and it's also in Liverpool of a Liverpool Arab Arts Festival on the 17th and 19th of July. So Eating the Copper Apple is a soul-searching tale of identity by prize-winning queer poet Lisa Lux. Shaped by her life, it weaves together politics and dreams, loss and fulfilment into a one-woman verse play that explores adoption and mixed heritage. Sounds absolutely phenomenal. She's been working on it for a couple of years. I know she's really proud of it. So if you are in London... Uh, make sure you check it out as part of Showback Fest at Rich Mix on Friday the 9th or Saturday the 10th. And if you're up north, it's in Bradford tomorrow night and then it's in Liverpool on the 17th and 19th of July. Uh, the last two events I want to mention, uh, Right Out Loud's next spoken session will premiere on Thursday at 7pm through their Patreon page. So you have to subscribe to Patreon to get the link, but subscriptions start at £3 a month. And this month's special guest poets are Inua Elms and Teresa Lola. So that should be a phenomenal event. And then this coming Tuesday, the last one I want to plug, this coming Tuesday, the 6th of July, it is the final ever Nymphs and Thugs Insta session, which I never thought I'd say. Uh, it's number 50. So I've done it pretty much every week uh, since the beginning of May 2020. Uh, the only times we had a week off were when we were doing a different event that week and I didn't want to put too much on in the same week uh had a little break over christmas but other than that it's been pretty much every week so this is number 50 uh the guest poet is jonathan kinsman uh jonathan is a trans poet from manchester who's a bbc edinburgh fringe slam finalist uh been published by bad uh, burning eye uh, so yeah i'm really excited about that jonathan kinsman this tuesday on instagram 7 30 to 8 p.m uk time i'll probably cry at the end um, but that doesn't matter, does it? It's fine. So that's the last ever Nymphs and Thugs Insta session. So looking at content, the latest episode of the Lunar Poetry Podcast is available on Spotify and all of the usual podcast sites, and it features the repeat beat poet in conversation with Zena Edwards, which is phenomenal. So you've got to listen to that as soon as you can. It's such a great listen. It's just over an hour long. The Lunar Poetry Podcast in general is brilliant, um, but yeah, the latest episode, Repeat Beat Poet and Xena Edwards, so check that out. There was a spoken word album released recently called Experimental Words, which paired 10 poets with scientists. The poets included Sharifa Energy, Joel Taylor, Maria Ferguson, Malika Kagodi. Um, and yeah, they were all commissioned to, to write um, based on a theme relating to science. So the, they are leading scientists and leading poets. Um, and a lot of it's soundscaped. It's wonderful. I was at the launch event the other week. It came out um, on the 23rd of June. So that's on Bandcamp. So find the Experimental Words Bandcamp, but it's also on Spotify and the streaming sites as well. So make sure you check that out. 
There was a great interview recently with Nick Mokoa for the Poetic License series. Um, he was speaking about how the murder of George Floyd and the following Black Lives Matter movement, as well as COVID, has impacted his life and work. So that's Nick Makoa uh, speaking for the Poetic License series. It's just under 10 minute long interview. And if you go to the Twitter account at Words of Colour, you'll be able to find a link there. Um, it's a really, really powerful piece, actually. Um, Axios.com. I don't actually know that website, but they did a great feature on Gil Scott Heron's The Revolution Will Not Be Televised uh, because it turned 50 years old. So Axios.com with a feature on The Revolution Will Not Be Televised, which is great putting it in context and looking at the impact and stuff like that. Uh, and obviously such an iconic tune as well. So that's on Axios.com, A-X-I-O-S.com. And then if you are in uh, a football frenzy mood, I know that a lot of you will roll your eyes at football, but some of you might be excited by England's quarterfinal tonight. And if you are, uh, Casey Bailey wrote a poem at the start of a tournament for Five Live, BBC Radio Five Live. It's a special Euro 2020 poem. So uh, head to the BBC Radio Five Live Twitter account. You'll be able to find Casey Bailey's special poem for the Euros. Uh, finally, I want to talk about five new releases from the world of spoken word poetry. So first up, I'll do a special spotlight on Stephen Lightbound. Uh, his second collection, The Last Custodian, was published by Bernie Knight this week. So, a paraplegic wakes to find he is the sole survivor of an unknown apocalypse. He decides to survive and spends a year navigating the empty motorways of England to see if he really is the only one left alive. He sets off with only his wheelchair and enough food and medical supplies to last a week. To live beyond that, he must adapt and scavenge. Told through a daily account of poems, he begins to question his own identity, whether he's still disabled if there's no one to compare to, and what it really means to want to move forwards. So that's Stephen Lightbound with The Last Custodian, which was published by Burning Eye this week. James McDermott's new pamphlet, Erased, is being published by Polari Press next month. That's available to pre-order now. And if you go to James McDermott's uh, Big Cartel site, you can get a signed limited edition handbound copies. So make sure you check that out. That's Erased by James McDermott. Nicola Bray uh, has got a pamphlet called Boy coming out on Burn uh, Bad Betty uh, on the 14th of July. So that's Boy, B-O-I. That's by Nicola Bray on Bad Betty in on the 14th of July. Emily Rose Galvin has got a new collection called The Dew Point, which is coming out on Verve Poetry Press in September. And also Josephine Sillers, uh, she released a collection called Desperate Characters, which is a great insight into the music industry. That was published by Speculative Books in March. Speculative Books are a great indie poetry press based up in Glasgow. Josephine is actually based in Leeds now. Uh, but yeah, it's a wonderful collection. I just wanted to highlight that. Uh, so make sure you check that out. And if you don't buy it direct from the publishers, please buy it from Bookshop org uk and support your local independent bookshop last week was independent bookshop week but obviously we need to support them all year round so that was my roundup and now i would like to play another track from the disarm hate poetry album we will keep on uh, which was released by nymphs and fugs last week and this is a song from somewhere by andres nicolas Odorica. It seems like you love to dance in this world very much. Claro que sí, you said. Ese mundo hermoso. As if you love the thump, bump, push, shake of a busy dance floor. Eyes captivated by your presence, a gift to us all. Claro que sí, you said. And that amor Sin dolor burning fiercely through the night? But did you 
ever fatigue from all the dripping sweat, the nightly grind of those uninvited stairs, shocked gasps full of vitriol y vergüenza. Actually, the drama's half the fun, you said, with your knowing laugh and flick of wrist. Was it scary in the end, that final dance? Did your feet hurt or limbs ache from the bachata or merengue? Every dance is a gift, you said, so there is never any pain to feel. And did you have someone to share your last dance with? Yes, you said, as you wiped away my glittery tears. When the news came, I took each of your faces in all 49. Hermanos y hermanas, mi familia querida. I prayed for it to be non-stop bailes where you are. A swan song that esta vida that keeps on going. Claro que si, you said. Up here, mijo, the music always pumps, so we will dance forever. Don't you worry. Lo prometo. I closed my eyes and listened to the pulsing beat, somewhere a song playing on repeat, baptizing myself in euphoric musica that binds us together, la familia unida.
You're listening to Roaring Twenties Radio on Soho Radio, the monthly show for art, culture, books, poetry and activism. My name's Matt Abbott and I'd like to share you a poem now by Mohammed Musa. So Mohammed was born and bred in Gaza and he still lives in Gaza now. He was first inspired to start writing poetry in 2014 when Gaza was under siege uh, then uh, and he still writes a lot of poetry now. Um, and when he first started writing, like there were only three hours of electricity per day during wartime. Uh, he was regularly seeing beloved landmarks being bobbed to the ground. He was in a constant state of terror and anxiety. And it's just, I can't get made around it, to be honest. It's mind-blowing and it's a fascinating but heartbreaking insight into what life is like in Gaza. He wrote a poem called I Was Born in Gaza, which went viral in Palestine when it first came out. Uh, in 2018, he formed the Gaza Poet Society, which is a collective of young writers from around the city who would meet up on the beach to share their work. They'd also meet at the Samir Mansur bookshop, which was bombed back in May. Um, and yeah, I, I found Mohammed through an article that he wrote for Al Jazeera and was really inspired to learn about the poetry scene in Gaza. Um, and I, I actually wrote an article myself for the State of the Arts talking about how it'd be a lot more beneficial for pupils to hear poems from Gaza than it would be for pupils to hear poems from 1918. Not to belittle the suffering of the soldiers in the First World War in the trenches, but, you know, this is this is happening right now. And, and not only people in Gaza, like, you know, there are several war zones around the world and also millions of people who have fled as refugees from war zones, all of whom are writing poetry. Um, not all of whom, sorry, but many of whom are writing poetry. So Libyan-American poet Khaled Matawa wrote, Now That We Have Tasted Hope, during Libya's 2011 uprising. Persian poet Fatima Shams writes about a lot of issues in Iran. Um, there are there are loads out there. So I, I, I did a little feature on that this month. And on the subject of Palestine in particular, if you want to support Medical Aid for Palestinians, is a really great organisation. So that's Medical Aid for Palestinians. Their website is map.org.uk, map.org.uk, um, if you can afford to leave a donation there. But anyways, I shall hand over to Mohammed Musa. This is a poem that he recorded for me in an internet cafe in Gaza, and it's called I Was Born in Gaza. I was born in Gaza, a city of lost yearning, fading memories, and missing hope. I was born here, in a hopeless township. I call for peace, I call for help. I was born in Gaza to witness the cruelty of siege and draw the tears of wars on the walls of the graves. Where I, I was born in a besieged city where death deprivation and poverty invaded everybody. I was born in Gaza to redefine the meaning of peace, remember many fearful scenes and soothe the city of fears. Where I was born, dreams are buried alive, but I'm not scared to free my peaceful heart, defy my throbbing life and beat the stormy winds of wars. Ladies and gentlemen, I was born in Gaza and one day, I'll be back home. So tired of 
You're listening to Roaring Twenties Radio on Soho Radio. You can tweet along at Roaring Twenties Radio or find us on Instagram uh, also at Roaring Twenties Radio. And that's 20 like the number 2O and then a little S for 20s, Roaring Twenties Radio. So that was my pick track for this uh, for this week, uh, this month's show. That was John Martin, Glory Box. Sometimes people play a cover and they own it so much that I actually had myself googling did John Martin actually write this and then did Portishead do the cover but it is actually a Portishead song and that's John Martin's cover I just love it it gives me goosebumps and that's my moody rainy Saturday afternoon pick for you okay it's time to go over to Rose and she's going to give us her art update hello um, I'm going to tell you a story now Um, We're going to go back. We're going to go back to when I was about 14. I'm with my family. I'm on the beach. And we're with a couple of family friends, a group of teenagers. um, And what we did was we took took a dinghy that my family actually were going to use to get home. And we rowed across this little causeway, across to this spit of shingle called Orford Ness, opposite the village where my grandparents lived. Basically... You would look from the harbour, very small harbour, like a small quay, across the water to this ness, and from there it looked like a series of pagodas, quite space-age, a little bit Kenneth Anger vibes, and we just spent our whole childhoods looking across at what we called the pagodas and the lighthouse, sadly no longer there, and these kind of shapes, these forms, and we were obsessed, and so for some reason we decided to leave uh, the adults stranded and row across this tiny estuary to, (laughs) very popular move, to an ex-MOD site, which is Orford Ness. Basically, we explored it and there were these old bunk beds with matches still there, kind of lewd graffiti, which titillated us extremely, as you can imagine at that age. And um, all these different kind of labs and things that just looked like people had dropped everything and left like I guess empty spaces do and that space is sat opposite the village you know since wartime and they and people kind of came and went and there's been an art project there in the past um called Untold Island and somebody made like soundscapes there before but now um the organization our angel has um, installed a series of works which are going to be there until October, which you can explore, and they're kind of embedded within the nest. So you kind of cross the um, water on a boat, and then you start to walk. It's a bit kind of unforgiving, this landscape. It's windy, it's shingly, it's dilapidated, but it's incredibly beautiful. It's one of those places where you could kind of think someone, someone had placed this there. I had this weird thing of like knowing that landscape so well and knowing how it looks and knowing what the flotsam and jetsam look like across this landscape, you know, that kind of come across the North Sea. So it's like bits of stone, wood, um, random stuff off boats, um, bits of rotten, you know, kind of rusty metal and stuff like that. For some reason, when it becomes an art exhibition, they almost look placed, which was quite a strange kind of um, feeling. But essentially, what Art Angel have done is instill this exhibition called Afterness. 
and um, I guess it's like afterness and then afterness is in this is the kind of place um, which has been left which has been abandoned there's nothing outside of the art exhibition the only art exterior artwork is a series of poems by Ilya Kaminsky which you can kind of put on headphones as you kind of trudge across the landscape from building to building to building to look at these works there is also an online aspect which you can um, look at which you can find on their website but basically the physical exhibition is a series of sound works and installations and um, there's a really stunning work by Tatiana Trouvé which is a kind of it's a lot of kind of brass sculptures within this kind of for, this kind of roofless lab full of very bright green plants, alarmingly green <laughs> to my 14 year old eyes. We were like, they're so green, they're so green. But that's how I could, so it's kind of through that lens that I see it. But basically there's this kind of wonderful kind of, it's as if again, as if so kind of someone has fled it. And these wonderful kind of like sculptural works that look almost like fabric, like for some reason they're a mixture of precious metals and bronze. And but it's like a jacket, suitcases, things like that, kind of just strewn within it. It's very difficult to see the difference between the um, what's been left and what's actually part of space. It's amazing. Another work that they had, which was really amazing, was this kind of tower, this black tower, and from out of it, um, there are these little windows that you can look out of, and they're almost like like just a foot square, like a letterbox size. And this is a sound installation. You put a number into a kind of machine, you press a button, and then there's a series like Brian D'Souza um, has done sound works for Ian Chambers, and they're just kind of a mixture of samples of the sounds of the nest, the wind, the pebbles, the kind of just the, the, the landscape, basically, there is loud. <laughs> but they're mixed with music and some speech and some kind of inspired by the history of the nest, which is that this is somewhere where they kind of... Um, they helped invent radar and things like that. It was quite an experimental kind of strange place anyway. And you can just sit there looking through your kind of visual letterbox and hear all these different sounds and queue up and just stare at the landscape, which is very kind of beautiful. I really enjoyed the show. It's on until... Um, what is it on until? It's on until October this year, I think, um, the absolute minimum is it's on till. And it's just, it's in Suffolk. You have to get a train. And so you get the train to Melton. We get the train to Ipswich and then you can travel to Orford from there. Um, I'm biased because it's kind of my hometown. <laughs> Apart from London. I grew up in London. My grandparents always lived there, so I used to go up and down. But it's just, it's a real experience. And um, there's nothing, there's truly nothing else like this place. So I kind of recommend if you wanted to do a bit of a day trip even or a little kind of overnight stay somewhere, staycation, I'd recommend going to this place. I can also recommend that the, the local food cuisine is quite nice. Lots of nice smoked fish. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sold. I'm yeah, sold. Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah, so afterness, I went there a couple of weeks ago. It was wonderful. It's also the first time since... I've been there since the lockdown started. So that was very kind of wonderful, kind of home from home coming for me. Right, I'm going to be back after this track. Um, but now we're going to listen to Hazel and Gold by Daniel Avery. And I ask you to imagine windswept landscapes and broken buildings. <laughs> Thank you. 
listening to Roaring Twenties Radio on Soho Radio. Um, I was just talking about Afterness, uh, Orfordness, by, um, put together by Art Angel. And um, 
I'm now going to talk about an article that I wrote, which I don't really do much. Uh, for those who don't know, that is my job. My day is writing about art and culture. Um, you've just heard Always the Sun by the Stranglers, by the way. Just you know, try to let, let you know that. This month, I wanted to talk about the fact that I interviewed this photographer called James Barner. He is a Ghanaian photographer um, who worked between England and, or the UK and Ghana, London and Accra. And he has a show on at London Serpentine Gallery in um, Hyde Park. And uh, it's just called James Barner, Accra slash London, a retrospective. His images, he worked as a kind of a reporter, he taught, he took pictures of weddings and he took his own documentary photographs um, in Accra and in London. So his body of work is not only, you know, beautiful down to his um, photographic eye, his artistry, it's also a document of multicultural London, the birth, the beginning, I guess, of multicultural London. He came over in 1959 after Ghanaian independence. And it also is just a document of Accra and Ghana when they became just after independence, kind of finding its feet as a as a city. Um, I mean, I'm sure we're all aware it's actually having a bit of a renaissance at the moment, especially art-wise. Talk about that another time. But um, his photos are just phenomenal. And um, it's just difficult. I do remember being a kid and being really into vintage fashion and really wanting to look at pictures of black women in vintage clothes so I could copy their style basically but it's very difficult to find I could find a picture of Eartha Kitt that's all I could find on Google I really found it difficult struggled and what's wonderful about these for me as a Londoner as a mixed race black woman it's really wonderful just to see pictures of these 60s gals these cover girls he took photos for drum magazine which was a fashion mag and it's just these cover girls you know in their great dresses in their 60s looks and I just it's just something really wonderful about it but there's also a lot of reportage in there pictures of Muhammad Ali um, and other kind of famous figures um, I went to meet him at his home we talked for three hours and it was wonderful wonderful for him to give me the time you know he's 92 now and just a fantastic conversation and so I always think it's so interesting. We project so much. I've already projected so much onto his work. It just since I've been chatting about it, we project so much onto these histories, especially when people are given their dues or rediscovered. What I really liked about talking to him, which is a matter of fact, story of a life, um, without all our you know really interesting ideas and social commentary that we that are very kind of popular now and that we use now a lot. But there was something just really wonderful about someone just stripped back talking about their life in a really matter-of-fact way without all of that too. Um, I published the article, well, I didn't publish the article, but the article is published on Artnet. So you can look at it on news.artnet.com if you're interested. And you can go and see the exhibition. It is on at the Serpentine Gallery in London. It's free. So that um, I really, really just wanted to highlight that because it was a fantastic experience and he's such an interesting man. Um... Alright, now we're going to uh, have a track. This is Sharon Benetton and Angel Olsen and this is Like I Used To.
Radio on Soho Radio. Um, now we're going to have the wonderful, the incomparable, <laughs> next level, 
Selena Gordon. Okay, it's time for the book roundup. There are so many amazing books coming out at the moment, um, but uh, here are some books that I recommend, or some books that are on my radar, some books that I'm hoping to read this month, or some books I read last month. But here's what's uh, what's going on in my list. Okay, so first of all, I'm going to start with Benjamin Myers. His um, book Male Tears um, is is is. It's just it's just getting amazing reviews, and I'm really looking forward to getting stuck into that. Um, Elif Shafak, The Island of Missing Tree, is also another one that I'm seeing a lot of buzz about, so I'm excited about that. Carla Nebit, uh, King of Rabbits. Um, this has been on my list for a while, actually, so I'm looking forward to reading that. I just finished reading Mick Guffin, um, Bent for the Job, which is a fantastic poetry collection, which is out now on Tangerine Press. Also on my radar, always the books at Blue Moose. They have such an amazing list. I love Blue Moose. Um, as a publisher, they're always putting out very interesting things. And so I'm looking forward to checking out Panenka, Panenka by Rowan Hessian. So I think that looks amazing. Dialogue Books, another publisher that's always on my radar. I'm looking at The Giant Dark. That looks amazing. And The Sex Lives of African Women. What a title. So these are books that are on my next to read. Also new in um, this month is Dylan Jones, Shiny and New. And that's um, a really punk looking book and that's on white rabbits who always put out such incredible and interesting books talking about punk and edgy and outsider the amazing Kirsty allison has a new book out this month um psychomachia which is on wrecking ball press wrecking ball press have been putting out some really interesting books so i'm excited to get my hands on that i believe it's out on july the 5th which is monday so good luck to Kirsty allison and looking forward to reading that what else is on my list i have a long list here book that I've that I just started yesterday or just started recently and and have really been loving is Ruth Ozeki The Book of Form and Emptiness it's such a beautiful book and uh, so I'm really I've been really slowly reading that just for pleasure and that's out on Canongate and it's just such a gorgeous book and then strange strange choice but uh, I would I wouldn't normally put me in this listening bracket but I've been getting well into Sinead O'Connor's memoir rememberings on audiobook i'm i'm shocked it's so listenable she's got such a great storytelling voice and and it's just incredible some of the revelations in there and i've just i haven't finished it but i've just got to the bit with her and prince and i'm shocked i'm not going to give anything away but oh that's my prince she's talking about prince as in the as in prince what went on in I go is it mean Prince isn't here to defend himself so but yeah it's very strange listening to a negative story about Prince having only ever heard amazing stories about what a king he was and how kind he was and how inspirational and creative he was and what a trailblazer he was for Sinead O'Connor to write this uh, this chapter of actually how scary he was it's really quite an interesting listen and to her upbringing and her life as a female as a pioneer and as a trailblazer in her own right it's a really interesting memory podcast wise i'm really um, into escape the underground railroad podcast it's amazing makita oliver hats off to you and desiree birch both of them really hold their own in this podcast it's a six-part series of untold stories of courage and resistance to slavery it's amazing it's so beautifully put together makita oliver is amazing and 
And stories are like stories of escape and stories of rebellion and sort of stories we haven't heard before and how much planning went into escape and rebellion and resistance to slavery. So it's, it's so interesting, women's stories. And yeah, so anyway, please check that out. Okay, so... I put out a tweet this week. I put out a tweet this week to see what you were reading. And here's some of your suggestions. The Liar's Dictionary by Ellie Williams came up quite a bit, as did uh, The Stranding by Kate Sawyer. A lot of you were, were very much uh, plugging Kate Sawyer's book, The Stranding. I haven't read it yet, but it's on my list too. Elodie Harper, her incredible um, book has been has been mentioned quite a few times on this list. Um, Robert Greer suggested Sterling. Carrot Gold by Isabel Wadner. Um, that's published by Pe- Press Peninsula, Peninsula Press. Heidi James, big favourite here at Roaring Twenties Radio, and she suggested Par by Orla Owen and Assembly by Natasha Brown. Okay, so the exciting thing that happened last week was the Gordon Byrne Prize 2020, 2020, 21 long list was announced so i would suggest we all read that long list a ghost in the throat by dorian de, de nah, dorian negofa on tramp press i really have said that wrong i'm sorry um but check it out a ghost in the throat it's on my it's on my list but i haven't read it yet also on the list a little devil in america um a river called time courtier newland come join our disease sam byers diary of a film which we featured on this show um niven govindun of, of course we featured a river called time not courtier as well um in the end it was all about love rough trade books musa okwanda and we have featured him before and talked about that book quite a bit luck in booth jenny fagan clop my liverpool romance by anthony quinn mrs death mrs death by selena godden you might want to check that out my phantoms uh, on granta um, Gwendolyn Riley, Open Water, which is out on Viking, and Sea State on HarperCollins by Tabitha Lusley. So it's an amazing list. So there's an amazing book list right there, the Gordon Burns long list. I'm very honoured to see Mrs. Death on that list. I'm very, very excited to be to be with these books that, that not only have we talked about here on the show, but books that I am passionate about and that are on my reading list. Um, and then gig-wise, I'm doing my first ever, ever live in-person gigs. I'm going to be at Charleston down in Sussex on July the 15th. My first, first stand-up, solo, in-person, in real life, standing on stage, looking at other humans gig, reading from my debut novel for the very first time in that way. And I'm very nervous about it. I'm very excited about it. And then on July the 26th, I'm doing a gig with Heidi James, um, which is uh, going to be compared by and, and, and chaired by... Octavia Bright and that's at the social tickets are selling fast for both shows but that's all I'm doing I mean there was a time I did a gig every night um, so it's so strange to be so nervous already for something that's happening two weeks into <laughs> two weeks into the future but um, lockdown has definitely made me quite the introvert so it's quite hard work to go from introvert into the extrovert into that person again it's like getting a monster out of the box but i will be doing that and i hope that you'll be there to watch the monster come out and tap dance for the first time in a very long time now special exclusive as part of my book section we have a reading from will burns 
The Paper Lantern is extraordinary. It's set in and narrated from the apparent comfort and wealth of the home counties. The Paper Lantern is in some ways a state-of-the-nation novel. It's absolutely contemporary and resonant with existential anxieties. Being British, feeling British, to say nothing of Englishness, has become so conflicted and toxic in the past decade. I think The Paper Lantern has great subtlety, but also a fierce conviction. It portrays a nation in the throes of a nervous breakdown, and it does so from the most symbolically perfect location possible, a shuttered pub in the landlocked geographical centre of a not-so-merry old England. I'm a massive fan of Will Burns, of his poetry and his work. I'm very excited for this debut debut novel. So let's have a little listen. He's, he's recorded this especially for us. He can't be with us today because he's working in his pub, and it's football day, obviously, so it's very busy in the pub. But here's Will Burns now. Hi, Selena. Uh, it's Will here, um, dialing in my um, excerpt uh, from the Paper Lantern, and I just wanted to say thanks very much um, for featuring the book on Roaring Twenties Radio. Um, it's an honour to be on the show, uh, and it's just a shame um, I can't be there in person, um, and for us to enjoy a, a glass or two of something in Soho afterwards. Um, Talking of glasses, um, I'm going to read a little excerpt from the beginning of um, The Paper Lantern. Um, hopefully it sets the scene a little bit. Um, the the pub uh, that the book is named for um, has, has closed down um, and uh, the speaker finds himself contemplating um, the idea of work. Um, and I'll just, I'll just go in f- f- from there. Quite unlike me, my father was powered by the will to work. He had no hobbies to speak of, no interests, no pastimes. The closure of the pub was an erosion of his identity, an undermining of those things he had always, without considering them to be mutable or up for debate, believed in to the extent that he had long since come to rely upon them, utterances that had come to be his ritual invocations truths that had come to be his tenets, work ethic, hard work. Times of crisis were to be met squarely and simply with work and more work. They were to be fought to acquiesce to a current vogue for militaristic invocations and defeated with that final, triumphant, catch-all, capitalistic strategy. A strategy that had become so pervasive as to be mistaken for an aspect of culture, work. All this and his eldest child could barely get a grasp on the word. I found it too easily said, too often called upon, too uncritically deployed. I mistrusted how many and how different the meanings of the word were when I came up against them. Put simply, I had always been indolent, and it was true that I could happily lie around all day without so much as reading a word or raising a hand in effort. Part of me, in those days just before it occurred, secretly desired the closure of the pub, and with it an end to my own allocation of jobs, to the interminable clock-watching, waiting, as I always was, to get off work and round to the right side of the bar. I found myself between two positions, dreading the return of the endless tasks, the glass-washer, the pint-pouring, the cleaning, the stupefied drunks and the long, slow, dead afternoons, but still desiring the high rapture 
of the lantern's old communion at its best, the babbling background noise, the late afternoon light caught in a half-empty glass, the rush of laughter layered upon laughter, one wave of it crashing upon another as the drink filled your chest and your cheeks and the fire glowed beside you, or sitting outside in the distended daylight of summer's peak, still warm at closing time, the tables rearranged as if the whole garden full of people were one throng gathered under the huge willow tree that acted as shelter and sentinel and that now stood listless in the centre of the beer garden, a stack of chairs leaning against its trunk. So I hope that gives some little uh, flavour of the book um, and perhaps a, um, uh, a tribute to those, uh, those wondrous um, pub evenings uh, and, and, and lost afternoons. Um, so here's to that, Selena. Thanks again. Um, and I hope that we can lose ourselves one afternoon uh, soon. Thanks, everybody.
What makes you blind? I hope to find who I believe in Get back in line, I can't deny myself Show me the feeling Oh, you got me wrong If you don't belong, live in the trouble Don't hesitate Time heals the pain You ain't the problem I live the lie, love is the crime It's you I believe in No need to blame myself, no need to die I'm only human I'm done, you got to put me on I know what you come along Don't hesitate Radio. We're just having a little dance then. Um, so we just played, what did we just play? We just played Joni Mitchell's Blue. I put that on the playlist because I cannot believe that um, it's 50 years old, that album. It was released in June 1971. And it's just something so beautiful about something that endures and something that an album that personally is definitely in one of my possibly top 10, if not top five albums. I'm so, I've got so much emotional. Um, attachment to that to that album and to each song so I thought I would play Blue and share that with you um, and Emma Rose just reminded me that the, the great writer poet Amy Key has a book coming out about um, yeah. Joni Mitchell and about that album Blue so let's try and get Amy in here if you're listening Amy come on in and tell us about your book about that particular album and what do we follow that with? We followed that with Michael Kiwanuka and You Ain't the Problem. He won the Mercury Music Prize last year. And in a, this album is insanely good. And um, I listened to it over and over again when it came out, but it kind of felt like it had vanished a little bit into the kind of like the, the Bermuda Triangle of lockdown. So let's bring it out. 
Okay, and, and by accident, we've just been told it's also the football music. Yes. Oh, well, Matt will be proud. We played that track for you, Matt. That's, there's your little football football music-y bit. We're in the studio with Gemma Rogers. Gemma, are you still with us? I am. I am. I'm people-watching, Selena. I know. It's fun, isn't it? Oh. Sitting here in the Soho radio studios, looking, watching all the beautiful people walking past, being beautiful and Soho-y. So um, tell me a little bit about what's going on with you. So you've come in. We've got a new single. Um, we've got some new music and it's all being put out by Tiny Global Productions. Um, and can you tell me a little bit more about, about this new project? So it's an al- a 12-track album coming out in March on vinyl and CD um, under Tiny Global Productions, who are a record company based in um, America and Valencia, uh, where I flew kind of a, a year a year ago to write three of the tracks off the album for the album um so i was discovered by john through a blog good old music blogs i'd written a response to nick hutchins um velvet sheep uh, particular kind of blog that he writes and he asks you to think of a, a song an obscure song uh, the one I chose, I don't think, is particularly obscure, but it it, it took you know it it took, got the attention of John, who is also a big fan of um, this particular track, which I think we're going to play for you today. And uh, he clicked on it. He clicked on it because it was a track that I'd chosen, and then from there, sort of discovered me and some of the music that I've put out previously. And the rest is history, really. He sort of got me into a studio. We wrote the album in a week. And then, as Amazing. I said, sort of lockdown happened and we had to finish it um, remotely, which has been, you know, it's been tricky, but it kept me busy. Um, my God, I needed things to keep me busy. I mean, we all did, right? And, and, I, and I felt actually really lucky to have that in place. So, yeah, it's, it's finished. I'm really happy with the tracks. A few we had to outsource and get... Lux Pyramid, you, you name-checked him a bit earlier, to kind of get them over the line. Um, but I'm, I've genuinely never been as, as proud and happy with, with a, a project, you know, and it's kind of, and it's, and it's outcome. And, it's and, and the new single's called... Good Day, Bad Trip. And you've been picking up loads of awards for the amazing video. <laughs> it's quite, it surprised me, to be honest. My director, Tone Davis, who is, um, he goes under H28, uh, incredible director, has directed me before in, um, I've got a melancholic kind of folk duo called The Tale of Two, uh, which is with Alfie Jackson, formerly of The, the Holloways. And... Um, we wrote uh, four tracks, a little mini EP, and Tone did the first music video for us from that project. The song's called Angels. Again, we're up on YouTube and Bandcamp and all, and all the rest of it. Um, so met him through that. In fact, met him a long time ago, but he's, he's just, he's a constant supporter. And we all need them, don't we, with our creative endeavours. It's so lovely and sort of satisfying, refreshing to kind of have people on side that you know dig what you do and so yeah he he offered to do the first music video for for me and i and i jumped at the chance and yeah he's put this music video forward and we've won no less selena give me a drum roll with this that's one of the best drum rolls i've ever heard <laughs> uh, it, 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 seven awards seven awards wow, seven, seven awards for this video right seven awards and the latest one in fact i got a text message about 20 minutes ago to say that we've won in Paris. Oh, that's amazing. We've won in Paris and it's called Beyond... He will kill me if I don't name-check them, but it's got a Beyond the Curve Film Festival um, and it will get a screening in Paris. And I think we've won the Outstanding Achievement and and, um, winner. And we're waiting to find out if we won 
best song and it will get screening uh, in Paris sometime in late July. We'll oh, that's so exciting. Up, won't we? We'll pop that up on Twitter, but can you tell us a little bit about that, about the creative process? Of the music video? Yeah. Sure thing. We went into one studio spaces down in South London. Again, a lovely supporter of the work that, that we do, that I do. Amy Coombs sort of, you know, invited us to come and use the studio. It's just in one space and it's we wanted to use literal colour to sort of give the differentiation between the kind of slightly bleak verses and then these kind of colourful popping. It's okay, you know, take a deep breath. There is always uh, some kind of shelter when it all goes horribly wrong. <laughs> Hopefully, yeah, hope. Sometimes there isn't, but, you know, those moments make you stronger sometimes. Hopefully, mostly. But, um, yeah, he got us into a space and uh, we wanted it as trippy as possible. Actually, if I'm really honest, one of the bits where it's extremely psychedelic, right, because it's good day, bad trip. I mean, it's not necessarily about where your brain goes, what you think it is, but it could be. But the psychedelic element um, in one bit of the video was actually because I didn't like my dancing. <laughs> I looked like a kind of sado middle-aged woman dancing at a sort of um, you know like a school disco and I, I, I so we, we, we psychedelic it up uh, even more so it sort of really pushed it out of um, the kind of uh, the sort of just straight framed um, visuals and it's like the visual side of it is that really important to you that's a thank yes it is but i didn't know it until i started the project and i think because we've had time to really pontificate and to get to grips with how and what i wanted this project to sort of look like in the world I, you know because of lockdown i have had an opportunity to take a bit of a step back normally it's just you know you make something you put it there's a much quicker turnaround and so I, and gigging it and, and gigging developing it. it while you gig. Which has been, yeah. I'm sure, as you know, it's quite hard when you're writing something, yeah. you normally get that kind of immediate response. You know if it's going to, you know, work or not. You know what you need to sort of change. Testing it on people it as on you go people. along. Haven't had that opportunity. But the guy who came and did all the kind of still work and a lot of the artwork is a is an incredible artist friend of mine called David Schillinglaw. He's a street artist. Um, check him out if you if you haven't heard of him before. And he agreed to do the, the, the artwork for my vinyl and for the for the um single for the single art so, so can we have a listen to the single now have we got it is it ready to go is it ready to go i would love that so this is good day bad trip uh and it's up on spotify and Bandcamp and all the and, the, and the videos on youtube yep yep okay so let's have a little listen good day bad trip
Someday when my last line is written Someday when I've drawn my last breath When my last words on earth have been spoken And my lips are sealed in death Don't look on my cold form in pity Don't think of me as one dead It'll just be the house I once lived in My spirit by then will have fled I've finished my time here allotted But I won't be in darkness alone I will have heard from heaven The summons to come on home Don't think that I'll be there I won't be dead but living In the place Jesus went to prepare And after all is said and done Know that my last earnest prayer is that my loved ones be ready someday to meet me there? You're listening to Roaring Twenties Radio on Soho Radio. And I'm here in the studio with Amma Rose and Gemma Rogers. So Gemma, can you tell us a little bit about the three tracks that we just played there in a row? So uh, that was my first single, Good Day, Bad Trip, which is out now on uh, all the kind of usual online digital platforms. Uh, the second track that you heard was She Drew the Gun. They won, I think they won the emerging um, bands at Glasgow 2016. Um, and to be honest, I'd, I'd love to see them live. I think they've got a real flipping punk energy that just makes you... I mean, we were all doing air drumming in the <laughs> studio. You should have seen it. Um, <laughs> it was it was remarkable to, to watch... Uh, for, for where I'm sitting as well and it is a I just think it's a proper it's a proper stomper and uh, it makes me want to go and be in a festival on a in a field now do you know what I mean maybe we should find one after this about, <laughs> let's, try. let's try I mean, let's yeah. go start one in Soho let's, Square we'll there we go if anyone can start a festival it's Warriors and Selena um, and then the third track was uh, Someday by the Blue Highways um, and I love that track it's just it's so grounding uh, I love the four-part harmony. I love the way that it's, um, it needs not much. It's so simple, but it's, uh, I find it incredibly moving. And um, we used to do it when I was in a, in a band uh, called The Mill Men. It was Gemma and The Mill Men. And um, the three boys that I played with were all incredible singers, incredible. And uh, we used to do it a cappella before we then kicked into, you know, some kind of West London version of a, of a country song. Um, and it was a lovely way to start a gig and healthier than a shot of tequila. So, <laughs> you know, I, 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 just, uh, I just think they're, uh, yeah, they're, uh, I, I love that collective. I really like acapella, folky. So are you, are you going to be doing any festivals, talking about festivals? What, what events and festivals and good stuff are you looking forward to this summer? 
looking forward to looking forward to a couple of months off projects to be honest been working lots in schools and uh, out sort of just uh, sort of facilitating and doing lots of kind of art art practitionery type of th stuff which has been beautiful wonderful jumping back in with both feet and all arms but um yeah i'm looking forward to taking a step back from that the, the main gigs i have i've decided to really focus on just writing and reading and getting my head together to be honest so i've decided to only do two main gigs this year i'm doing the amersham arms on august the 19th uh with freddie willits and the stone jets um supporting which will be brilliant they're both wonderful bands that have been handpicked by sam boucher who is a lovely promoter again another one of those people i put into the mix of um in incredible sort of uh well facilitators in the in the sort of the creative work that I put out so that will be Amersham Arms I think tickets are available on Skiddle uh, and then October the 1st Folklore in Hackney oh great so two main gigs and you talked a little bit about kind of your focusing on kind of reading and kind of taking stuff in as opposed to giving out so what is there anything you're reading at the moment you would like to share so I've just started um, it's a book called Hamnet by Maggie O'Farrell. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, Have you read it that, yet? There's a lot of buzz for that. And has it just won, like, loads of stuff? Did it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get handed... Our family are very good um, book, sort of, book passers honours. There might be an actual term for that. That's what I like to call it. <laughs> book so borrowers. We, book borrowers. <laughs> and we just, we pass around whatever we've enjoyed. Um, and, and Hamnet has come to me last. I think it's gone, so it's gone via Oxford, the Isle of Wight, Shepherd's Bush, and it's now in Walthamstow with me. And, and so I've just started it. And it is about, it's a fictional take on uh, William Shakespeare's uh, son, Hamnet, who died when he was 11. And apparently for years later he wrote Shakespeare wrote Hamlet um I'm really enjoying it um yes I am really enjoying it I will let you know once I've finished it in fact maybe you could take it off me once I'm done we could sort of continue the, the passing on oh that's good that's good to share books and share them along what other books have you been reading this year or any more highlights poets or authors that you're really loving at the moment uh finished uh, the company of liars and that is by Karen Maitland um, it's kind of the, the, the dirt and squalor of 14th century um, Britain being decimated by a, a pandemic known as the plague. <laughs> so, uh, uh, started that and finished it in the kind of first month of um, lockdown. Really enjoyed that. Just loved the kind of the grit and the sort of uh, the darkness of, of that book. Um, um, and then thought I'd lighten my load with a little bit of kind of factual uh, stuff. Started reading The Secret Streets of London. Um, just essentially the whole of London was a, a slum wasn't it really yeah. uh i discovered that old nickel which is now uh, boundary estate which is where arna circus is that used to be the biggest slum you know the kind of a, a, a huge sort of space for criminality and like the the un, the under the underlords but um it's now what it is now yeah. uh and the rubble you know the big hill in the middle yeah that is built from old rubble from the old uh slum that's that oh that, is it but yeah by the bandstand right it's amazing so that's a bit of knowledge afraid i i wouldn't be able to tell you too much more i, I find <laughs> factual but i, I feel difficult. informed I feel, very informed. Yeah, well, I, then, I feel very informed. Then it was worth worthwhile. <laughs> and the other book that I haven't started, but which is about to get passed around, is um, one that I wish I'd brought with me to get signed by you, Selena. 
Say that again, say that again. Yeah, I'll say that again, I'll say that again. <laughs> Mrs. Death, Mrs. Death is uh, the next one that the family will be reading because, as you know, they will get it will get passed around. So oh, I didn't bring thank with, you. But Bless I'm wondering, you. maybe we should go and see, uh, as we sort of said, we might go and see uh, Lisa Lux's um, performance on the 9th at the Rich Mix. Yeah, ma'am. I'll yeah, bring ma'am. it then and you could sign it, but not just to me, to the whole to family, family Rogers. Family Rogers. <laughs> <laughs> so we can all feel a little bit touched um, by it as, it as it reaches our different sort of manner. Um, yeah. And you've recommended another track um, for us to play today. Could you want to tell us a little bit about this choice? Uh, that is the Karen Dalton track. Katie Krull that I um, mentioned was kind of the reason that I got signed in the first place because uh, it's also um, a, a song that John Henderson, who runs Tiny Global Productions, absolutely loves. He's a huge fan of Karen Dalton. Yeah, yeah, me um, too. You are, right? Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. we, yeah, she's stunning. Uh, so stunning. American folk blues banjo player. Uh, she was really big in the kind of, well, you know, she was big at that time as part of the Greenwich Village folk scene, kind of 1960s. And apparently Bob Dylan cited her as her, his favourite singer. Yeah. Um, she never sort of found huge fame, as it were. Um, and it's all relative, but, it, you know, and, and that was mainly because she... Quite just, a tragic story, tragic. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And she... I just think she's got such a fragile but sort of hopeful... She's just got this real... She's got a real strength... Through all that adversity, she sort of finds this uh, this love, uh-huh. this connection with the music that she plays. She only ever recorded two main studio albums. And I heard a thing that actually one of the albums she was tricked into recording because they'd hidden um, the recording devices around her cabin where she was staying at the time. No way. Yeah, because she really... Um, she really wasn't interesting. Uh, interested. A lot of record labels were put off because she was um, just unwilling to bend and not starry and yeah, yeah. yeah. Like totally refused any of their a- a- angled kind of um, sort of presentation of her music. So yeah, I really admire. I just admire I that in that. general. You know, I just think it's such an incredible trait. Integrity, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's hear Karen Dalton, and then we'll come back with a bit more chat. Here's Katie Cruel. When I first came to town, they called me the Robin Jewel. Now they've changed their tune and called me Katie Cruel. Now they've changed their tune and 
just where I would be, then I'd be where I am not. Here I am where I must be, where I would be, I cannot. Dalton, Karen Dalton there on Roaring Twenties Radio on Soho Radio. And we're here with Amma Rose and we're here with Gemma Rogers and my name is Selena Godden. If you want to tweet along or check out any of the tracks or things or books or art that we're talking about, please find us on Twitter at Roaring Twenties Radio, which is 20 as the number 2O with a little S. And you'll also find us on Instagram. Oh, and we've got a Facebook page too, haven't we? We do, we do indeed. Things. We have got all the things things we have got all the things so Gemma um you've you've brought some amazing music I'm just wondering um you know how conscious are you of your audience how conscious are you of who might be hearing your music and in these fractured and divided and scary times you know what is the role of the artist or the musician or the poet I mean we've played today we've played uh, Joni Mitchell an album that last is already you know is, is 50 years old and we played Karen Dalton and we played this incredible strong women can you tell us a little bit about that about how these things might influence you and and who you hope will hear your songs and and tell me a bit about your hopes for the future (laughs) where to start where to start I think the the role of an of an artist of of any type of performer who is going to be um producing something to put out into the world um I suppose is going to subconsciously or not reflect some sort of snapshot of their moment in time of their life of what they're going through and so one hopes that the the audience that hear it um can relate in some way you know I try not to think actually too much about where I want to place my music because I feel like that's a little bit of a kind of added pressure and we were sort of talking about um Karen Dalton, who shares the same birthday as me, by the way, I'm just saying, 19th of July, for anyone who wants to send massive gifts to But, you know, I think you have to sort of try your hardest to just make sense of what you're going through. And it's incredibly important, of course, you know, the people that are going to be hearing it are massive and integral to um, the future of the music that you put out. But I also don't think it should, it shouldn't influence too much because I think you can get caught up in a lot of it. I mean, I think it's it's hard not to, because I think social media and the kind of online platform make us all slightly insecure at times, you yeah. know? Um, For sure. And I think that can be a really negative... Um, it, I, can, I think it can have a really negative impact. Yeah, well, you kind of feel like you're under a... Under a- under a telescope or something or under a magnifying glass like it's other people's opinions kind of penetrating your creativity and i just i really try i'm trying i have done with this album to be quite quiet to be quite reflective to be as authentic as i can yes yes um 
And though in terms of musical, what you've heard musically so far, the kind of the ukulele and me, the New World Order, the B-side that's out, that is the closest to me and my sort of strip self without mm. the production and the kind of post-punk, post-punk. It's a combo <laughs> between pop and punk. Uh, you know, the kind of that pop element of what I do is very much me, but it's a, you know, it's a kind of pop popped up version <laughs> i like that they called you pop profit i just loved that i love it i'm having that <laughs> anyone that's just dropping in and listening now just to remind you we're talking to Gemma rogers and your the the, the, the album when's that out uh, we've played a couple of singles but when's the when's the biggie when's when's it dropping march the 20 not march the 22nd march 2022 not sure right. of the actual date yet and then we're gonna have i think three more singles in the lead up to the dropping of the album. And okay. where can people find you? Uh, like you, I'm, I'm on all the things. <laughs> Are you on all the things? All of the things. I think I we're mean, following you on all your things. Thank yeah. you, and I'm following you back on all the things. <laughs> so we've got Facebook, we've got Bandcamp, we've got... Spotify. Spotify. Uh, spot on we've got um amazon music and um twitter soundcloud and twitter and instagram instagram's probably the best place to get all the kind of updated and stuff. it's Gemma with a g and well rogers with a d in the middle of the rogers no no that's roger Gemma rogers without a d without a d. A d ignore me ignore me sorry Never sorry sorry Selena. i know can't believe i just said that <gasps> It's Rogers without the D. Everyone in the studio's mouth is just... just, just, just <laughs> gold. But it is gold. Gemma with a G. Yeah, it's totally Gemma with a G. And then Rogers music. And it's all it's got a little underscore. So it's Gemma underscore Rogers underscore music underscore. All That's right. Instagram. Because um, obviously we're missing Matt in the studio today. We are missing you, Matt. If he was here... We know what he'd be talking He'd be about. going on and on about the football. Yeah. He would be going crazy <laughs> for the football. He'd be wearing a football shirt. He'd have a football flag on his face. You know, it would just yeah. be, he'd probably be pulling his shirt over his face and running up and down the he'd studio. He'd be one foot out the door now to go and meet other people to watch In the pub with. to watch football. Yeah. He would, he would. <laughs> but what he has done in place of all of that is to write us a little poem. So we're going to go out with a poem from Matt about about football probably yeah. no, I know it's about football and thank you very much for tuning in thank you to Gemma for, for your amazing input beautiful music good luck with all of it um, thank you to everyone that's tuning in and listening thank you to Amma Rose thank, thank you, you to, to Joe Selena. our thank producer Joe. Um, I'm Selena Godden you're listening to Roaring Twenties Radio on Soho Radio thank you take it away Matt with birthdays in single digits dreams become infernos Badil and Skinner, nothing but a quirky retro throwback. For older fans, that wide-eyed kid never really left us, licking wounds with a cynic's tongue, tails between his legs. The magic of a tournament is untouchable. The birth of new immortals as tattoos fade to turquoise. Split seconds, half inches, reverberate through decades, from never really watch it to nearly losing your shit. Wincing in the pub in case of Bouvenie. Sharing hymn sheets with jingoistic dicks. Knowing that the knock-on could be bruises or racial slurs in more ways than one, unmasked and antagonistic. All year round, I see those flags as far-right St George sirens. But tonight, I see unity and hope. I know, I know, it's messed up, but that's England, isn't it? I cheer this side's diversity and vibrancy and youth. Rashford school dinners, Kane's rainbow armband. And as the whole world watches, Sterling leads the line. Not a single goal conceded, could be ours. 
Or maybe not. Tonight, it's Ukraine in Rome. Three wins from three lions glory. And I hope and believe for every flag shagging bigot as a child who's inspired by the England of tomorrow.